Last week I preached about the merchandise of the wolf. Today we'll go a little bit further. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 15. The Bible says, beware. Everybody say, beware. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are ravening wolves. Powerful word picture there. John chapter 10 and verse number 1, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door, everybody say the door, into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, is a robber and a thief. But he that entereth by the door, everybody say the door, is what? He is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus said, there's going to be people that try to get in the sheepfold. He said in Matthew chapter 7, he called them false prophets. But he said they're going to get into the sheepfold by other ways. But if they don't come through the door, they are nothing more than a robber and a thief. I want to preach to you for the next few moments about the access of the wolf. The access of the wolf. And there's no uh, scare tactic, no intended fear. In fact, if you're a child of God, it should do the opposite. It should not make you fearful. There should be a holy boldness rise up inside of you. But make no mistake, in the last days, we are not just playing church. But the enemy of your soul wants to access the sheepfold of this church, the sheepfold of your family, the sheepfold of your marriage, the sheepfold of your children. He wants the access, the sheepfold of your mind. Would you, would you point at your head right now and say, my mind? He wants to access the sheepfold of your mind. But I'm telling you with the help of the Holy Ghost in the next few minutes of this service, the Holy Ghost is going to help us declare access denied. In Jesus' name. Would you lift up your voice and would you give him praise and invite him to talk to us in the next few minutes of this service. Jesus, we love you, we praise you, we worship you, and we invite you to move in this place. Talk to our hearts today. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Amen. And you can be seated in Jesus' name. Last week we begin by talking about the subject of the wolf in general is of great interest to many in our culture. Wolves have always been an animal that much fascination is centered around and much study. Majestic, dangerous, sly hunters that they are. And we read in our text that 
Jesus said, beware of false prophets. In the last days, there are many signs, and we talked about some of those last week, just uh, briefly, the wars of rumors of wars, and pestilence, and disease, and earthquakes, and all of these things, but one surefire sign of the last days is the Bible says uh, there will be false prophets. And he calls them wolves, uses some pretty strict and strong language. How many know that in our church world, our larger church world today, the language that Jesus used might not be welcome in some religious circles today? But we are not called to cater or pander to what societal norms may be because societal norms will change with the winds. But we are called to unashamedly declare the authoritative, never-changing, forever-settled Word of God over our lives. He said, beware of false prophets because they're going to come to you as ravening wolves. And then to further describe those false prophets, here's what he said. He said, you will know them by their fruits. In other words, uh, the way you're going to tell if you should be listening to this thing or not is to look at the fruit of their life. And of course, we talked a little bit about uh, what Jesus said, a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, nor can an evil tree bring forth good fruit. Uh, You don't go pick a fig off of the tree to eat, and a good healthy fig tree produces a fig that is a cluster of thorns. That just doesn't happen, nor if you're out in the farm and, and there's a locust tree with the thorns that they grow all over side of those, you got to watch out, they're dangerous, they're painful if you've ever run into those thorns, in fact I was out in the woods uh, several weeks ago, I was on a four-wheeler and, and hit the reverse and, and, and gunned it a little too strong and backed right up into a locust tree with all those thorns hanging off the trunk and it, uh, it did not feel very pleasant, I will tell you. Uh, but it it was painful. It bled uh, a a little bit. He said, you're not going to go to a tree like that and expect to get a good healthy apple or good healthy fruit. You're not going to go to something like that and get something that's beneficial for your body. He said, a good tree can't produce evil fruit, and an evil tree can't produce good fruit. And then what is he talking about with these fruit and false prophets? He's, he's, which, by the way, some of the false prophets, many of them are fruit, but that's maybe another uh, point for another day. He, he said, you're going to know them by their fruit. In other words, you look at what their life is producing. You look at what the outcome of their life is, and we talked about that a little bit uh, to start this series last week, that we have false prophets abounding in our culture. And it's not just when we say the term false prophet, we're not just talking about someone, and Jesus was not just referring to someone necessarily who stands on a platform and preaches from a podium or claims themselves to be a pastor or a reverend or a preacher, but we have preachers all over in our culture. We have teachers all over. Or, if I can say it this way, we have voices coming at us from every area in our culture telling us how we should think, how we should feel, how we should or shouldn't act, what is holy and what is not, what is acceptable and what is not, what is a 
good behavior and what is not. And Jesus said these voices are going to be increasing in the last days. And you have to beware of them because they will pollute you. They will corrupt you. And Peter said it like this. Simon Peter, in 2 Peter, he said you have to beware of these false prophets. Many of them, uh, many will follow them uh, with their pernicious ways. Anybody remember that word from last week? Their pernicious ways. In other words, uh, their slow. They're cunning. They're not upfront about their intentions. But they present one thing and they give you another. Can I tell you that word is a great descriptor of anything that is sinful and anything that is produced out of hell. And that is it starts off as luster and shine. But just give it some time and it will lose its luster and it will lose its shine. It's sly. It's pernicious. It's cunning. You will be deceived if you're not careful. When you listen to all of these voices that are coming to us from all these different directions. And he said, beware of their pernicious ways. And here's how you know. He said, the truth. Everybody say the truth. The truth will be evil spoken of. Now, I don't know that we have ever lived in a day where the truth has more evil being spoken of about it than in the day we live today. I don't know that there has ever been a time in human history where there have been more negative voices speaking lies about the truth than there is today. Can I remind you that the Bible says heaven and earth shall pass away but my word shall never pass away. Men's ideas change, concepts change, philosophies change, but the Word of God is forever settled in heaven. It doesn't change, it doesn't dissipate, it doesn't disappear, it has not become weak, it has not become anemic, it has not become fallible, it has not had any question ever stand against it, it has not had any opposition ever win in a battle, the Word of God. God is forever settled in heaven. So I have to be aware. You have to be aware of the pernicious ways or the sly or the cunning ways of these false prophets, these, these false teachers, these voices that come to us from every direction that try to tell us this way is right and that way is right. And the Bible says in, in 2 Peter, through their own covetousness, in other words, they want what you have. Can I tell you what this world wants? They want the peace you have. They want the joy that the child of God has. This world wants uh, the happiness that the child of God has. Uh, this world wants the fulfillment that the child of God has. Uh, but what they don't want is the truth uh, that the child of God has. Well, I'm going to preach. Uh, I'm going to preach anyway. They, they, they want the joy and the peace uh, without the truth of the word uh, that brings the joy and the peace. I said they want the happiness and the blessing, but they don't want to live the truth that brings the happiness and the blessing. 
My, my, my. That's like somebody who wants the blessing without putting in the time. Uh, I talked to a group uh, of our young people just recently, our young adults, uh, and I said, you got to be careful in our culture, society, social media. They flaunt everything in front of you all the time. You have to be careful that you don't become covetous, uh, that you don't start wanting something uh, that, that this person has or that person has. Uh, and, and it's not. I'm not saying it's evil or, or negative uh, in, in any way to be blessed and to enjoy the blessing of God. Uh, but if you're 25 years old and just entering your career, you can't expect to have everything that someone who's 45 or 65 that's got 20 or 30 or 40 more years in a career has. That's just common sense. Now, I, I know maybe that's not popular preaching with some, but it, it's truth whether it's popular or not. That you, you, can, you can desire those things. You have to be careful you don't become covetous. Uh, you have to be careful, you ready for this, uh, that, that we don't become covetous of one another. Well, we might accidentally mess somebody up today. You can't look at what they have or the blessing or the ministry uh, or the benefits that God has given them in their life uh, and, and say, well, God, why don't I have that? Well, you might not have walked the road that they walked. Uh, God put you on this path, them on that path. Uh, you might not. Well, you don't know what road they walked that they got them there. And, and you may not have lasted on the road that they walked. They got them there. You might not have been able to endure the road that they walked to get them there. Well, you got to be careful because covetousness is the spirit of the enemy. Covetousness is a spirit of the wolf. Covetousness is a spirit of the last days. And the Bible says that the spirit of the wolf through covetousness will make merchandise of them. The wolf's merchandise. It's not talking about the little knickknacks at the truck stop that have the image of a wolf on it. But the wolf's merchandise is when we become submitted to that thinking and that way and that thought process when our lives become submitted to the way of the wolf and we no longer think like truth tells us to think and we don't behave like truth tells us to behave but we believe and buy into the lie of the false teachers and the false prophets telling us this is the way and that is the way we ourselves become the merchandise of the wolf we ourselves Jesus said in Acts 1, you shall be witnesses. Everybody say merchandise. He meant for you to be heaven's merchandise. You would be a witness. That word witness in the Greek, it means a physical walking, talking representation of the power on the inside of you. But when I believe the lies of the enemy, I go from being heaven's merchandise to being hell's merchandise. I go from showing heaven's way to showing hell's way. I go from being living in the way of the shepherd to living in the way of the wolf. I've come to encourage somebody and strengthen your heart in the word of the Lord today. I've come to sure up your mind in the word of the Lord today. The way that is right, the way that is right, it may not be the way that is popular. It may not be the way that trends on social media. It may not be the way that is celebrated in our godless culture but the way that is right is the way that leads to godliness and righteousness and holiness and the fruit of the spirit of peace and joy and love that is the way that is right 
Don't let the woke make merchandise of you. Covetousness. Our world is covetous. Of They want what you have. They want what I have. But they don't want to do what it takes to get what we have. As a whole. As a whole. Now, but for the crowd I'm looking at today, I believe there's some folks here today that have not only spent their life saying, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. The Bible says, buy the truth and sell it not. There's not only some folks here that would say, I'll do whatever it takes to live in his way, but there's some folks here that are in the process of making up your mind, in the process of making up your decision, that you know what, whatever this world says, they can have it, but I want whatever Jesus says in my life. I want the way of God and the power of God in my life. I want his righteousness. I want his mercy. I want his goodness in my life. Bible says this in John chapter 10. He said, Verily I say unto you, that he that entereth not by the door of the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, is a robber or a thief. What I'm preaching to you about today is the access that the wolf has in our minds is from every direction if we let him have it. There are thoughts and ideas and concepts that are so contrary to the word of God, that are so pervasive in our society. Thoughts and ideas that are completely contradictory, completely contrary to his will and to his way. And society as a whole just believes it, lock, stock, and barrel just accepts it because it appeals to our flesh. It appeals to our fallen nature. Yeah, that's all right. It appeals to our broken humanity. It appeals to the, to the most carnal part of us that wants to be right and wants to be comfortable and wants to have everything, everything good in our life without any struggle to get the good. Can I tell you, if you're going to live for Jesus Christ, you're going to have to say no to some of your way. If you're going to live for Jesus Christ, you're going to have to turn your flesh down more than just a little bit. If you're going to live for Jesus Christ and be pleasing to him, you cannot just use the excuse, well, that's just the way I am. Because Jesus came to change the way you am. He came to change the way you are. He said anybody that enters some other way is nothing more than a robber and a thief. Uh, the Apostle Paul talked about this distortion of doctrine in the last days. He said changing something as it was intended to be for something uh, that was used for something else. Uh, in fact this way he said uh, men and women would leave their natural affections for one another uh, and they would be turned into perversion. Uh, and you see that happening all over in our world today. Uh, leaving the natural affections that God gave us. I, I, I'm sorry I don't care how 
much or what, what percentage of society says it's right, it's okay. We will stand in love but with firmness on the word of God. He, he, he said, he said they'll leave that as natural. Do you realize how many millions of babies uh, have been aborted in the name of health care and in the name of convenience uh, in our society, in American society, just in the last 10 years uh, in the name of health care and in the name of convenience? You can call it what you want and hear me. We care for mothers. Uh, we reach for mothers that have had abortions, uh, reach for mothers uh, that, that, that are in the process of making decisions uh, the church doesn't just give cheap talk at least this church doesn't but we care for and minister to and help and assist uh, mothers that are hurting broken or living lives full of regret <clears throat> hear me if you've made a mistake that you regret and sermons and parts like this hurt you and pain you I promise you you will not be shamed here you will not be ostracized here you will be loved you will be assisted you will be that's not going to stop us from preaching against sin but Bible says that if you have sinned we have an advocate with the Father if you have sinned can I add to that you have an advocate in the church Paul talked about this distortion of doctrine and, 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 and natural affection being left, uh, natural affection being left uh, that, that would cause a, a, a mother not to, not to want to care for or to keep uh, that child. You know what it is? Uh, it, 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 it's just the perversion and pervasiveness of sin in our culture. For generations since the Garden of Eden, that's what's happening in our world. Jesus said, he that enters any other way. In other words, he that comes with any other idea or any other concept. But watch this, and this is my message. But he that cometh by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And verse 3 says, the porter opens the door to him, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. Can I tell you for just a moment, God knows your name. You are not some afterthought. You are not just a number or a face in the crowd. But God knows the details of your existence. He knows your name. He knows your thoughts. He knows what you struggle with. He knows what you're ate up on the inside by. He knows your name and the detail of your existence. Oh, somebody ought to thank him right now that he loves you enough to know your name. I thank you, Jesus, for your love. I thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. I thank you, Jesus, for your grace. He said, the shepherd comes to the door. How do you know? The shepherd comes to the door, and the sheep know him by name. And the Bible says, he leads them out. Verse 3. He leads them out. Let me tell you what, the shepherd loves you so much, he doesn't want to leave you in whatever you're bound in. He wants to lead you out of whatever you're bound in. 
The shepherd loves you so much that he doesn't want to leave you in the brokenness of your past. He wants to lead you out of that brokenness. He doesn't want to leave you in the pit of your own foolish mistakes. He wants to lead you out of those mistakes. He wants to lead you out of those failures. I think I said it last week. I know I've said it to our staff recently. Hear me. The church... If we're being the church, the church ought to be the safest place to fail. Well, thank you, 11 of you. (laughs) The church ought to be the safest place to fail. Now, hold on. I'm not talking about people. I'm not, you all have people in your life, you know people. Now, I know there's nobody like this here this morning. Nobody's probably ever attended this church in its 80-year history that's been like this, okay? But you probably know somebody like this. Who, they just, like, they just willfully are dumb. D-U-M-B, dumb. They just, they know better, but they just choose to keep being D-U-M-B. I know our kids sick. Can I say that, D-U-M-B? I think our younger ones, six and under, are down in, in sanctuary kids, or a lot of them anyway. They, they, they just choose to keep getting it wrong. They just choose to. They, they know better, but they just choose not. They're too stubborn. Maybe they're too prideful, whatever, okay? I'm not talking about, even though it is sometimes a safe place for those people too, but the, I'm not talking about just being willfully ignorant. But if you're trying and you mess up, or maybe you've come from years of mess-ups. Can we, can we talk real here? If you've been living in mistakes for years, you might not even know how to get out of your mistakes. If you've been living in the same dysfunction for the last 20 years of your life or your marriage or the last 40 years of your family, you got to be humble enough to admit that you don't even know how to live any different than that. But brothers and sisters, that's where the church comes in. This is the sheepfold. This is a safe place. It's a safe place to get it wrong. It's a safe place to stumble. It's a safe place to fail. You know why? Because there's some brothers and sisters uh, that are going to pick you up, uh, that are going to love you back to health, uh, that are going to pray you back to righteousness, uh, that are going to believe your marriage uh, back together. That's what the church uh, is supposed to be. That's how we defeat the spirit of the wolf, uh, is we stay together, we restore together, we heal together. Come on, somebody lift up your voice to the Lord right now all across this room. Come on, lift up your voice to the Lord. In the name of Jesus. He said, the shepherd, I'm the shepherd, and I've come to lead you out. And then you know what he said later in verse 7? He said, he said unto them, verily I say unto you, what's this door? He said, I am the door. Jesus said, I'm the door. In other words, the way that you get access to the sheepfold is you go through Jesus Christ. You get access to the kingdom only through... Can I preach a little Jesus to you right now? There is nobody like Jesus. There is nobody that can bring you out like Jesus can bring you out. 
There is nobody that can heal your mind like Jesus. There is nobody that can change the story of your past like Jesus. There is nobody that can heal your family tree like Jesus. There is nobody that can renew your mind like Jesus. There is nobody that can break the chains of addiction on your life like Jesus. He said, I am the door and you got to come in through me. The wolf says, there's another way. The wolf says, you get access this way. The wolf says, you get access through just a higher plane of thinking. Or you get access through some other way or some other practice. Or you, I thank God for Christian psychology and counseling. It has its place. It absolutely has its place in our broken world. It has its place. But hear me. Jesus said, I'm the door. The wolf says, you don't need Jesus. You just need the other stuff. You can have the best psychologist on the planet. But if you don't have Jesus, he ain't going to be able to help you much. <laughs> Woo. Well, I lost some of you. That's all right. I'm still preaching truth whether you like it or not. But if you get Jesus as the door, as the centerpiece, maybe maybe in, in today's broken world, maybe with your family history, maybe you do need to talk to a professional, a good Christian-based professional. And, 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 and that can be of a huge benefit to so many. But hear me, that does not replace going through the door of the sheepfold, which is Jesus. That's something you add on after the fact. But if you want deliverance, in your life, you've got to go through Jesus Christ. He said, he that comes some other way is a wolf, is a robber, and a thief. He said, the thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what he said three verses later. He said, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what all of these thoughts that are pervasive in our world, that's what they want to do. They want to steal from you. They want to kill you. They want to kill your family. They, it wants to destroy the spiritual future of your children. It wants to destroy God's purpose in your life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. I've come not to scatter the sheep, but I've come to secure the sheepfold. I've come to minister to the sheep. And here's what Jesus said. He said, not only am I the door, but I stand at the door of your heart, Revelation said, and I knock, I knock, and I say, if any man wants to come and sup with me or dine with me, let him come in. Can I tell you this morning, God is standing at the door of your heart and he's knocking. You see, this door is not just a passive door. We think of a door as an inanimate object. You can knock on the door, but the door can't knock on you. If that door reached out with a set of arms and knocked back on me, buddy, I'd be on the other side of this. I'd be on the other side of this stage quick. And I'd rebuke it in Jesus' name, but I'd do it on my way over here. You can call me chicken if you want to. You do the same thing. You knock on the door, the door doesn't knock back. But I cannot, can I tell you, this door isn't like any other door. 
You get access to the kingdom through this door. But he said, not only am I the door to the kingdom, but he said, I knock back on your heart. Uh, and I stand and I knock. Uh, and if anyone will hear my voice, uh, let him open up. Uh, open up what? Open up your heart. Uh, open up your mind. Uh, open up your spirit. Uh, not to the wolf. Not to the ideas that are contrary to God. Uh, but if you'll open up your heart to God, the position of God as he stands at the door of your heart, this morning and he's knocking and he's saying please let me in please let me in please let me in if you will let me in I will come and I will dine with you and I will give you substance I will bring something to you that you did not have before I got there tell me this morning as we stand together God wants to bring something into your life that you can't get on your God wants to bring something in your life that you cannot get anywhere else in this world. God wants to bring a peace in your life. I, I know what the doctors have said. I know what social media says. The doctors say sickness. But I wonder what Jesus has to say. Social media says it's going to be just like it's been in your family. And here's your self-help steps to get out of it. But I wonder what Dr. Jesus says. I wonder what the door says. The adversary of your mind says you'll never be able to break free. You're going to battle this attitude. You're going to battle your behavior the rest of your life. But I wonder... If you could come into the door of this sheepfold, if you could say, you know what, I'm not going to let the wolf have access to my mind, my heart, my thoughts anymore, but I'm going to open up the door and I'm going to let him in. Can I tell you the way that you do that is you repent of your sins, you're baptized in Jesus' name, and you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's how you get access to the door of Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can't get access to this kingdom except by me. And Jesus told them, he told them to go and wait till the promise came when they did that promise came and that promise changed everything and I'm telling you today that if you'll give him access if you'll give him access he can change everything in your life would you lift up your voice and lift up your hands all across this room in the name of Jesus Yes, 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 yes. You see, the access much must be mutually granted. He wants to give you access to the kingdom. But for that to happen, you first have to give him access to your heart. He wants to give you access to the sheepfold. But for that to happen, you have to give him access to your heart and your mind. And this altar's open right now. If that's what you want to do this morning, I invite you to step out of where you're at. Get as close as you can to this front and lift up your voice and say, Jesus, I want your spirit in my